Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Yes. There it is. We're on the air. You know what that means. Hey, so Doug, yeah, we were talking about league pass. We were. And, and the, the $50. You're upset. You're Nick and I. Well, yeah, fifty more dollars. I like the in the in arena feed, but about, you're not. It's you're about not that money. It's about that bottom dollar. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I also feel like if there's a game I want to see, I can just a la carte it, right? That, that that's an option now. Yeah, I mean, how many preseason games do you really want to watch? I think I think that what the NBA is really Zero. trying to do. What that's what I'm saying. I think what the NBA is really trying to do is get you to ask yourself that question like how dedicated how dedicated are you to the nba i'm super dedicated but i mean i'm talking about like in season you know that i got 50 extra bucks to i think if you pay 50 dollars for preseason then you're too oh, dedicated no 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 no. i'm talking about the 50 dollars you can pay to get the in arena fee oh i see and, i see and then and then you don't have to see the commercials but that's oh. not the same thing as skipping commercials like i have hulu with no commercials, but that yeah. that goes straight content to content. Like it skips the commercials. You still have to sit through the NBA timeouts. Now, if they're going to remove the NBA timeouts, I'll give you fifty bucks. <laughs> sorry, I'm still I'm still sleeping. Yeah, sorry about that. That's a bad that's mistake. Right. You your point, Nick. What do you think? I mean, it's a it's one. It's funny that they recognize how popular like the arena seats are because they like it. Actually, is fun to to yeah. like to see people acting ridiculous or just to see the games but like man if it's fifty dollars they better like it better have fixed just the massive issues that they have typically every single night like depending on what serve like how you're watching it like where, where you're streaming league pass through it's gonna crash at least once a night so i mean if if, if they fixed you know that then the fifty dollars you know you might be able to justify it but that's a lot of money. That, or if I'm paying 50 bucks, I want to be able to catch a t-shirt through the TV screen. <laughs> now, that would be impressive. That'd be four. That'd be four what is that's that? Hold on, Nick. You can't just, you know, you can't. What is that mug? You can't just you can't just put the mug up and then put it away. The mustache mug. My goodness. Yeah. Is. That's beautiful. All of these all of these are like gifts. Uh, all of these are available online. NickDiddick.com. <laughs> Check the store out. Quit ma- Nick, yeah. quit making money off this show. <laughs> None of us are allowed to do that. None of us are allowed to make any money <laughs> off of this show. <laughs> All right, let's do this. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We 
This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, search Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, uh, the NFL, and fantasy sports as well. I'm Doug Branson. We are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte, heart of the Queen City. I'm joined by my uh, panel of Hornets experts. We've got uh, from Raleigh and at thehive.com, Nick Denning, rocking his mustache mug. Let's see that. Let's see that. Let's see that bad boy one more time. Oh, that's beautiful. Look at that thing. That's that's it. That's just just throw up the mug. That's my introduction. That's you your know. thing now. It's your meme. Yeah. yeah. All right. From uh, the mean streets of Cotswold, David Walker. David, what's going on? No mustache on my face. No mustache on my mug. Keeping morning. it clean. <laughs> that's right, dude. I want to start with this tweet uh, from our good friend uh, Rich there in uh, beautiful England. And it says, hope you are riding the hype train hard today. Hashtag Monk. Yeah, Monk had a big game last night. A Really a third straight big game. He's had a big preseason. Definitely a great introduction for fans who are already excited to see him. We're going to be talking a lot about Malik Monk. We've got a full recap of last night's game, uh, the first home preseason game for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Plus, we're going to be talking about these Changes to the broadcast team, the Fox Sports Television broadcast team. A couple of changes, including one to uh, fan favorite Steph Reddy. So we'll talk about those later in the show. But first, got to mention, download Overcast. Use that as your podcast app. And if you do, then make sure you give us a star. That helps us uh, move up the rankings. If you use iTunes, give us a five-star review. Again, all of those uh, help us very much. And congrats, uh, to our good friend Carson, who uh, went to the game last night, courtesy of uh, our, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash LOH. It's a great way to support the show. All right, the Hornets played in Charlotte for the very first time this preseason, and things looked very similar to when they were out on the road. Guys, we had some sloppy offense. We had a bad first-half defense. And then the reserves played against each other in the fourth quarter, pulled things close at the end. After a 17-5 run, uh, gave them a 97-96 lead. Boston then answered with a 12-3 run, and the Hornets fell short on the comeback for the second straight game. Final score, 108-100. Boston, Malik Monk finished with 21 points. That's a preseason high for him on 18 shots. Dwight Howard added 12 points, 6 rebounds in only 22 minutes of play. We'll start with you, David, since your name is on the screen. What did you see in this one? I, I well, right off the top, I thought you saw the the, la- the the Hornets missing those guys on the wing, especially Batum and MKG and Lamb. I mean, the, the Celtics came out on fire. So, I mean, if they're going to shoot like that from three to start the game and then really throughout the whole game, they're going to be tough to beat anyway. But that was the big thing for me. I mean, they were locked in. You could tell they were using this as a legit tune-up for their first game next week against Cleveland. That's That's the mentality I saw on that team. Brad Stevens started his guys that were going to play. And so they were coming out ready to go. And the Hornets just were not at full strength. And also, I mean, the Celtics, look, that's going to be one of the best teams in the East. The Hornets are are, are a notch below. So uh, it was a tough time for them last night, especially not at full strength. Nick, what did you say? Well, I'm just wondering if we're ready to just make is, – is Malik Monk a first ballot or second ballot Hall of Famer at this Uh-oh. point? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, that's no, the choo-choo. You're riding the hype train. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, um, no, this is my first, like I thought about this afterwards. It's just refreshing. Just speaking strictly about the rookies, we can talk about like what was good and bad, but it's just nice to have rookies that know how to score the ball in their rookie yeah. You know, like the other parts yeah. of the game, where they, they need to develop like, you know, but just, it's just a little refreshing. It's, you know, it's, it's nice. Well, it's nice in any season. Uh, for the Charlotte Hornets, but especially this one, where you know the depth is already being tested. Like I, I can't imagine where the Hornets would be at this moment in time in preseason if both Malik Monk and Dwayne Bacon were not coming along as quickly as they are. Clifford commented. Uh, we'll talk about Bacon here in a moment, but commented on how comfortable, how steady. Though steady was the word he used that he looked with those starters, and and that's a high compliment for for any rookie. Uh, to get mm-hmm. to get that call to start this game, and uh, you know to 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 get some um, to get some praise from the head coach uh, in that first start, I, I think that's a big deal for the Hornets, who will need they're going to need everybody at this point. Uh, Want to mention real quick uh, before we got much more from this game ahead, um, but it's Thursday and uh, the Panthers are playing tonight, so make sure you are listening to Locked On Panthers here on the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by Bill Rossetti, smart guy, knows his football. Uh, check it out. Uh, whatever you use to get your podcast, just search Locked On Panthers. With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for $8 with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are 10 for $10 with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is $0.20 cents per gallon and $1 per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to 25 gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com. All right, guys, Boston blitzed the Hornets with three-pointers through three quarters. The Celtics were 60% from beyond the arc. When asked pregame about the the game plan against Boston, scouting Boston, Clifford said this, with preseason being different, we're almost doing just more concepts. I'm not as concerned about taking away coverages and stuff like that. We've got to get good at things and with a, with a shortened preseason. So... When you look at some of these stats, you know, you, you look, they finished, uh, let's see, where they finished from from three-point, uh, the, the Boston Celtics, 50%. Yeah, when you see stuff like that, good. it's really good. And, 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 and guys that aren't traditionally good three-point shooters like uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were knocking them down yeah. as well. But you can't really be all concerned about that at this point in the preseason, right? I don't think so. I mean, especially since we mentioned Tatum last night, they're really not having to worry about him from three. <laughs> yeah, a good oops. scouting report on our part. <laughs> well, um, well Frank, yeah. Right, Frank, yeah, Frank missed a couple of closeouts on Tatum, and and he wasn't worried about him as well, and he dropped a few. Oh man, man, the big guys for the Hornets were really left on an island a couple of times throughout this whole game. Really, even even late uh, by like guys like Shane Larkin was uh, getting to the basket easy, but but yeah, man, I mean, they were just on it last night, you know, and it is preseason. But that is one of the things that's starting to worry me a little bit, guys, is just um, the fact that that has not seemed to be shored up. And again, they're a little shorthanded, but that ability to just limit or at least give guys, other teams, trouble shooting the three, I mean, that's what hurt them so bad last year. And to this point, it doesn't look like they've been able to fully address that in game situations. Double M15 on the chat saying, we came out weak on defense. Can't wait for MKG to play. That's a, another great point. Missed his second straight preseason game for personal reasons. After the game, Steve Clifford saying, he's not sure 
when MKG will return. Uh, they practice today. Hopefully we'll get some updates on that. Uh, Nick, what did you see defensively from the Hornets in this one? Uh, you know, just based on who they had to play, like so they did the whole Marvin at the three, Frank at the four. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of tough on Frank. Be, just, be, just based on the uh, the matchup, like he had to guard Tatum, who's a much quicker player. Um, That's trouble. And yeah, and and you saw it, like there were so many instances where you know Frank was just not where he needed to be, um, and I think it's you know he just had trouble staying with him. So yeah. I, I agree, Nick. Tough matchups, but there were also uh, points in this game where uh, he, you know, just getting back in transition and having those sort of short, soft closeouts. Those are things that have to get shored up, you know, because you you can if he's hitting his three point shot, you can understand he he doesn't have the quickest feed. He's it, was working on it this off season, but it's obviously still not there. So he's got to lay off some of these quicker guys when he gets matched up against a Brown or a Tatum. He's got to lay off a little bit uh, because if he plays them tight, he's going to get driven by. So you you, want, you understand yeah. that. You take that. But these transition opportunities that he was giving up last night I think were frustrating to to me and some of the other people that were watching. How is he going to be able to guard some of those guys for real in the preseason? I mean, I just don't see it happening, know. especially if Tatum, if Tatum is going to be hitting threes, he's going to be lethal because – his footwork is so good already. He's such a good offensive player still at this young age, just him specifically. But you mentioned Brown as well. The Celtics are littered with those type of guys. If Frank has to shift down on any given night and guard guys like that, I mean, it's going to be tough. Well, he's got to he's got to start producing offensively. Like he just does not have the, the foot speed and the quickness. Yeah, huh? I mean, he's got to start producing offensively to make up for the right. fact. It's the same as Monk. If look, right. we'll talk. We're going to talk about Monk's defense in, in just one second. But because Clifford had some interesting things to say on that, but it's the same thing with Monk. If Monk's not out there scoring, you know, 14, 17, 20 points, then all of a sudden the defense becomes what you want to talk about. So Frank, you know, hopefully he can get back to the role that I think he was accustomed to and and was was, you know, wanting to thrive in. Uh, off the bench and uh, you know gets more comfortable uh, as the season goes on Uh, so let's let's shift gears let's talk about Malik Monk because he had a fantastic game offensively 21 points a preseason high uh, did take 18 shots again he's a volume shooter I mean he he wants to get his shots he was scoring uh, in a variety of different ways Uh, played well offensively struggled a little bit on the defensive end here is uh, coach Clifford on Malik Monk when people say you know, he's a talented offensive player. You know, he's a talented offensive player. That's a lot different than somebody saying he's a talented NBA player. You know, and his goal needs to be that he's a good NBA player. He's a talented shot maker right now. Um, but I like the way he is. I like the way he works. And, um, you know, he can make shots. Coach Clifford, always a straight shooter, basically laying it out that he is a talented offensive player right now. In order to be a talented NBA player, uh, you have to you have to be able to to hold your own on defense. And right now, guys, what I saw, he was essentially getting knocked off his defensive path on every screen. Yeah, that was that's something I noticed as well. Um, we don't, you know, we we kind of try to. It, it gets minimized when he's playing well on the other end, you know, because that's the thing we knew he could do and whatnot. And so it's, you know, we're, we're not quite as critical about this defensive side of the, the mm-hmm. game, but it is going to be, it's, it's going to be an issue once the regular season starts. Um, I, I'm curious and I'd love to see 
Stone get back before the preseason because I think pairing him next to Monk in that second unit could be really interesting just for defensive matchup purposes. Um, but he needs – they need – like, one, he needs to get better at defense. But, um, you know, I think – putting him around players who can defend a little bit better than him might be able to help with some matchup problems as well. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, it's always going to be a concern with Clifford and, and guys on his squad, the defensive end of the ball, but look who Monk is in effect replacing. I mean, it's Marco Bellinelli, right? I mean, at times last year on defense, it was laughable. The backdoor cuts that he was getting burned on and the missed assignments. So, I mean, if you're shown to be able to score the ball in this league on this team, that is really void of shot makers minus Kemba. Um, I think he's got to have some of those opportunities. Now, the first thing I saw looking at that stat sheet last night was, man, is he going to be able to get 18 shots a night? Uh, first inclination is no, but I mean, <laughs> won't he? I mean, who else is going to get him? Well, I, I don't think he – like, because a lot of those shots came in the fourth quarter when he was, right. he was basically like the third units against each other in a sense. Um. I think he'll have – I think, you know, when he plays in the second quarter, he'll have a pretty free reign to um, do what he wants. You know, I think I think he could get about 10 shots a game. But, I mean, it's – it's. I, I do think right now they're just letting him go out there. They're letting them take these maybe ill-advised shots because it's great game tape. It's stuff they can go back and say, like, look, in this situation, you shot it, but look what else you could have done. And so this is – it's. it's and there's it's, some of those. There are definitely some of those on tape for sure. Get him some shots! Del Curry, that's one of my favorite drops, by the way. The master, Del Curry. We're going to talk about the broadcast team coming up. Get him some shots! Love it. Um, okay, so yes, uh, Malik Monk played the backup point guard position with both Michael Carter-Williams and Julian Stone uh, both out. Michael Carter-Williams doesn't look like he's going to be ready for the regular season opener. Clifford sounded more confident that Julian Stone could be available even for Friday's preseason game, and that would certainly be a welcome development for a team that is thin, very thin, uh, in the backcourt. Also out of this game, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, for personal reasons, Dwayne Bacon gets the start. He got some valuable time with some of the veterans, as I said. Uh, he he was uh, remarked on by Steve Clifford as being steady with those starters. He was a perfect 4-4 four of four from beyond the arc, but he said after the game that he's focusing on the defensive end. I'm trying to you know, perfect the defensive side. I want to be one of the best two-way players to ever play the game. Uh, I feel like I got the offensive side, so you know, just keep getting better on defense, and I'll be fine. The best two-way player to ever play the game. The greatest of all time. I love it. I'm telling you, man. Well, that's you know one thing that I think has has played into this whole idea that you touched on, Nick, of the the rookies adapting early, is that they just they're just confident beyond belief. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I did not realize like that was that that like I mean twelve points, four of eight shooting, but four four from the three point line. I did not realize they were wide. Then now I don't want to take anything away from Bacon, but they were wide open. He had it was like a it was shoot around. Uh, but listen, hey, hey. you got to knock him hey, down, and he did. Yeah, it. right. Some other there's some other guys that got looks that have less than four megs. We'll just say yeah. that. That's right. Yeah, Mar- both Marvin Williams and Frank Kaminsky yeah. still trying to still trying to find that shooting touch. And again, I just want to caution. I really want to caution that it's it's you you can look at shooting numbers in the preseason, but I just don't I don't think it matters. I really don't. I, I think you have to understand too that there's going to be a period between 
this last preseason game, they're going to have, what, five days to get ready for that regular season opener. There's going to be a lot of practice, a lot more offense put in. I think the focus between now and the regular season is going to be on a lot of the mental aspects, the organizational aspects, the purpose of play aspects as they march towards that uh, regular season opener on Wednesday. And to me, guys, like, especially some of the late game buckets, Nick, you mentioned, and maybe some of the shots that Bacon got too. I mean, Clippers remarked on this in the preseason. A lot of that is just unorganized. I mean, some of those are just coming off of, especially with Monk and with that one on one stuff. So, like, stuff is going to tighten up to your point, Doug. The fourth, the fourth quarter, Nick, looked like I coached a uh, five and six year old basketball league, and you kind of like, you were just like herding cats. You're just trying to right. get them to go. I mean, it looked like summer league. Not that they weren't playing like five or six year olds, it was just unorganized. You know, they were right. just sort of, they were out there kind of freewheeling it. And, you, you know, you don't, you, unless you're the Golden State Warriors and you just have massive amounts of individual talent then you don't win by just improvising. Like it takes organization, it takes proper right. execution. Right. Uh, Daniel saying, Bacon has reminded me a lot of Joe Johnson with his style of play. He definitely has Whoa. that, the the drive and, and his pull up from mid-range, the way he kicks his leg out, very reminiscent of old ISO Joe. And uh, that's um, our good friend Justin Thomas from ESPN 730 who was helping me out on coverage last night. Uh, he has said the same thing. He calls him Baby Joe. <laughs> really? So I don't know if that I don't know if that nickname's gonna stick. I don't know if Dwayne would love that nickname, but Baby Joe uh was uh definitely playing well last night. And then quote here on the chat saying Hope Bacon doesn't get lost in the rotation when everyone gets healthy. Quote, I don't know I when don't everyone's think- gonna get healthy. Yeah. It might be a while. Yeah. Uh oh, we're losing. We're losing David we're to the, to the right tubes. Now, especially about focusing on the on the defensive end. You got me back. I now. do. I do. Say it again. Are you sure? Say Are it again. Sure? Say it again for the back pew. People in the back pew need I, to hear it. I was just saying. I think Bacon is making a name for himself right now by concentrating on the defensive end. And look, those four for four from three do not hurt because that wasn't exactly a strength of his in college. But if he can be a three and D guy, if he can guard a couple different guys, because clearly. They need help guarding, you know, quick athletic guys. Who's going to be out there playing? There's um, someone, uh, I think Jeff Van Gundy said this about Tate, or it wasn't about Tate, it was about Brown, but I think you can apply it to, to Bacon. His offense right now is opportun- opportun- opportunistic mm-hmm. um, in that whatever shots come to him, because he's not they're not going to be looking for him all the time. But when right. shots do come from, if he can make them, that's going to just increase his value. Um, not only if, you know, not only if his defense is playing well, but if he has an offense just at times, that can get him some minutes. I want to circle back to Monk and mention one more thing uh, from Malik here, and I've got some video of it. He's he's starting. He started his first couple of preseason games really focusing on shooting, getting open, but lately he's been really test or showing off that athleticism that uh, really raised his ceiling and raised his potential. And here was one play where he pulled this off. Uh, and, and this was a nice setup here where you had him almost like he he screens and then takes the dribble handoff and twists and turns and gets into the lane and fights through contact. He basically gets knocked to the ground, but still finishes uh, that layup. So that was just one example. He had a couple of these where he's starting to to get more brave in terms of penetrating and taking that contact and finding different ways to score. And that's what makes uh, Malik Monk extremely exciting as an offensive player is his versatility. He can catch it. He can 
He can create for himself. He can drive inside. He's got that athleticism. He almost had a massive, uh, a massive lob dunk off a, uh, a Hendo uh, lob. Yeah, yeah, the Hendo lob play and and sort of got knocked off of. I thought he got fouled, uh, but yeah, he's he's showing some Good things. Uh, hey, what, what did you guys? What did Doug follow up on that? What did you guys think of his ability to create for others? Because I think that's still secondary at this point, and and maybe that'll come. But certainly, this team without Batum needs other guys to do that. I thought he was fine as far as you know, kind of, I don't know, captaining the offense, but um, he's definitely looking for himself to score, which, hey, might be the right, it's probably the right move at this point. But as far as creating for others, I think that's still some some room for improvement there, don't you? Yeah, I mean, which I think what you like about Malik Monk is that when he's playing with veterans on this team, he looks mm. for others to score. And when he's at the, at the end of the game, and when he he's is clearly the best player on the floor, he's taking over. Uh, Dwight, let's move on to Dwight Howard. He provided some of the only reliable offense in this game. The Hornets really struggling offensively in this one. He was 6 of 9 from the field. Nice. And he looked deft and athletic in the post. Horford had a real problem with him when he got physical. What did you guys see in Dwight Howard's offensive game? It's such a, like, I mean, it, it, it obviously wasn't dominant, but I just love that option off the lob. I mean, we've talked yes. about it already, but it's just – like it just, it, it's such a, a good thing to have. They've never had it, you know, and I, I think he looks, he looks good enough offensively, not just on the, on those options, but just overall that, especially now with Batum out, I think, you know, just running a little bit more offense through him, I think can be a, an effective option. Yeah. The bounce, man. I mean, that's what we were worried about those first couple of games, how he looks super rusty. But that athleticism has returned, I mean, as far as it can for a guy his age. So I was happy to see him get up and, and get some of those lobs because the rest is going to come. I mean, he knows what he's doing out there playing in this offense, you know, playing with for Clifford. And you wanted to make sure he still had a little bit of explosion. And we saw some of that last night. So that's that's a good sign. And I think even if you were a little skeptical about or a lot skeptical about Dwight Howard's offense, he's answered some of those uh, criticisms in, in this preseason period. We'll have to see what he looks like. Uh, when the games start counting. But I did ask Dwight last night after the game about those lob plays, something that Charlotte's not traditionally known for, you, you know, getting him involved in those and the chemistry that it takes to build those. Here's what he had to say. Well, we just got to learn how to play with each other. I think guys got to learn how to make that pass over the top, and they're learning. You know, uh, Kimba, he's still trying to learn. You know, he's talked about it a couple times. Like, man, that was, that was bad, but I'm, 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 I'm working on it. And, you know, Frank and other guys are learning, you know, but it's a process. And, you know, going through the process is going to be a lot of mistakes. Uh, but that's what we have to really be patient with each other. Um, it's, it's going to get frustrating because we all want to win, you know, so sometimes we may get frustrated if passes don't work, stuff like that. But that's basketball. Yeah, sometimes they don't work, but here's one where they did work. Uh, this was Kemba off the roll, and, oh, my goodness, that was a huge yeah. slam by Dwight. Dwight took him to Dwight House. I go to Dwight House. God, what a great soundbite! I'm telling I look you. forward to running that one. I one. love it. I'm gonna every opportunity I can. Uh, I, I, I can't. I think Daniel may have may have uh, had that idea. So Danny out there, if shout I, out to Daniel, shout out to Daniel, and shout out if if it wasn't Daniel, shout out to who it was and uh, chat us and tell me I'm wrong. Um, another thing I want to mention is that Kimball Walker had six assists in this one. 
Had it been a regular season game, if guys were locked into the offense and their shot and he played in the fourth quarter, he could have easily had double-figure assist. And going back to those lob plays, I think they're going to open up a new statistical angle for him to raise his assist, something we talked about maybe needing to do yeah. to take that next step in terms of all-NBA candidacy. Uh, he passed up a clean mid-range look off a crossover step back, one that he normally would have taken nine times out of ten to lob it up uh, to Howard. Didn't work, but you can see the wheels are starting to turn, and and Dwight's right. They they do have to learn to to make this pass because it's not something that Kimba's done really all that often. I mean, I probably count on on my hands the number of times he's thrown a lob play to to one of the centers here. So, uh, yeah, continuing to build that chemistry. That's what preseason is all about. And uh, you could see that really develop into the regular season. Uh, Okay, I want to go to the chat one more time as we wrap this up. Double M15 saying uh, Monk's step back is nice and that he's playing like Kimba did his first year as far as shooting first, but he can learn more and more to create for others. Good point there by Double M15. Uh, they were also running Kimba uh, under the rim a lot. Uh, I thought he was making passing decisions from the baseline. I haven't seen him do that much in years past either. You know, with Nick Batum out, I think he's going to have to find those creative ways to facilitate for others uh, because Nick Batum uh, uh, it will miss, you know, six to eight weeks uh, with that elbow injury. Uh, final thoughts on this one, guys. You know, I think there is a, um, you know, I think with a full strength squad, this could have been a little bit closer, at least throughout the game. Um, and Kemba didn't really look that good offensively. We didn't really talk about that. I don't, I'm not saying it's an issue, um, but, um, you know, you can just see them. They're just trying, like, I think you mentioned it earlier. They're just, they're just, they're experimenting right now. Yeah. Um, and so that's affecting how some of these sets run. Um, it definitely affected Kemba because, you know, he's looking for the lob now rather than, you know, in, Last season, he would have taken that all the way to the hoop, and, right. it was, and he was pretty good at right. that. So it's 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 he's it's a different thing. It's a different thing for him, but it's a new um, option. Yeah. yeah, David, I know you got to go real quick. Final thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I think for all the negatives and maybe all the nitpicking, especially um, for Monk, and there wasn't a lot of it. I think Nick was right on when he said it first. It's just nice to see, especially a Hornets rookie, come out there and have a God-given gift to score and be able to do it right, like right out of the gate. Um, with very little, you know, coaching or having to be um, coached up to be an offensive player or to make shots, right? I mean, he's got a gift for scoring. He loves to score. He wants to score. And so I think that that is a different type of player than they've had in a long time. And I'm, I'm so glad Clifford used the term shot maker. He didn't really use it as a compliment as much, but uh, that's <laughs> – which is classic Cliff. Well, but, you know, he did he did at least hedge for. it. He did at least hedge yeah. it by saying that Monk is a great worker in practice. He's a great practice player. And that's, that's going that's going to be key. All that's all that's going to come along. So, I mean, I think it's just really exciting to see that young guy go out there and be able to do that. He's like 19 years old. I mean, this is uh, this could be a, a, big, a big year for him. Yep. All right, David, I know you got to go. Thanks so much, buddy. Peace, dudes. Uh, I want to I want to read this comment because Daniel Daniel is like Segway guy because he's oh. he's always like in my head. Um, but this is a great this is a great uh, comment here. He said hi. I believe this season will somewhat resemble Agent Dale Cooper's arc from season three of Twin Peaks. I can see us coming out of the gate looking like Dougie Jones, but eventually returning to form. Uh, now, Nick, you're not, you're not, uh, D- David just left. This is, I'm so disappointed in myself for not getting this out before David left. 
Uh, cause I know you're not, you haven't, you haven't uh, gotten into the twin peaks, right? I've not gotten to season three, still, still lagging behind on season two. Well, well okay. Well, I can, so I, I no spoiler, no spoilers. Right. I won't spoil things for you or our audience, but I just basically what you have to know is Dougie Jones was kind of a, a slob and sort of a born loser and Dale Cooper is sort of the opposite. He's strong. Right. He, he is the FBI. He is, you know, your classic American hero, right? Uh, so that's what he's, you know, Daniel's saying this this start could be bumpy uh, to the regular season, but they will return to form, especially after they get Nick Batum. And I, 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 Clifford mentioned how odd it is that preseason is wrapping up already. Teams are still playing deep reserves late in games it's sort of a catch-22 because if you play your starters a lot you can't practice as much and practice is where you get good at the stuff you want to execute in games but you have to get that stuff into game situations to see if you're any good at those things I think when you combine that with the injuries that the Hornets have suffered uh, this preseason the Hornets could be I actually wrote bumpy ride in the early going uh, it could look more like the first half of this game than the second half of this game. And honestly, it could look like that for a lot of teams. Clifford said he talked to Brad Stevens about it uh, before the game, that this early preseason has really set some dominoes that maybe the NBA wasn't anticipating in terms of the ability of teams to get ready for the the opening of the regular season. So we're going to have to see, Nick, we could see some wild scores, maybe a lot of blowouts, as as talent starts to overcome uh, the you know the the ability for teams to really have all of their offense and defense in ready to go for game one. Yeah, and there could end up being like a little, a few more um, like weird starts from teams. Like you remember, like like what was the season the Bobcats started actually pretty good, and everyone was like, oh man, like this is maybe we're gonna be all right this year, and then they just you know, fell apart. Yeah. Um, and I think you've, I saw like, you know, Philadelphia had a good start a few years ago and they ended up being really bad. So you could maybe just maybe Brooklyn, like in the Chicago have these like really good starts because like they're just just weird. They, they get the right matchups and everything like that. So, yeah, I expect things to not be as as expected because nothing about this this offseason was was, you know, normal. I mean, what, seven all stars moving to new teams. Yeah. Um I mean, and that's, and that's not even killing the guys who were all-stars in the past. I mean, like Dwight Howard was probably what the 15th most like important or prominent like trade or, mm-hmm. you know, this, this off season. So uh, yeah, I, I, the Hornets might start slow. I think we have to prepare ourselves for that. And we like, and, and if that happens, we can't get, we can't freak out, you know? It's very just, true. Very we true. Oh, wait, well, hold on. We definitely will freak out, <laughs> but we shouldn't. And we eventually will be proven wrong for that freak out. I think uh, as, yeah. as all, I think a lot of teams are going to look very different at the beginning than they will uh, at the end of the season. Uh, okay. I've, this was such an interesting game for a lot of reasons that we've gone over on our time, but I did promise to talk about this broadcast team shakeup. So we'll mention it briefly, maybe give some brief thoughts, and then we'll kick this to tomorrow's show for some deeper analysis because I really am interested to, to hear what David has to say on this as well. So the Hornets television broadcast team will see some changes this season. Rick Bennell from the Charlotte Observer reports that analyst Stephanie Reddy will work from the floor this season. Last season, 
She was with Eric uh, Collins and Del Curry in the main media row, which sits two rows up from the top of the first level. So pretty high up in terms of media rows around the NBA. Uh, She will continue to do in-game analysis and uh, host a pregame show. The, The people at Fox Sports are chalking the move up to the difficulty of doing TV coverage from the current high vantage point. So basically wanting to get someone on the floor to, to ask coaches about injuries and, and, and whatnot. Um, but I, I think you could certainly, I think it's fair to see this as, um, it, we'll have to kind of see how it shakes out and what it looks like in practice, but it sort of looks like they're moving Stephanie Reddy back to sideline reporter duties. What do you think about this move, Nick? That certainly could end up being the case. And what I'm trying to read into this until like, because it doesn't sound like like just based on what they said, they they're they're like this isn't sideline reporting. Yeah, but it to me sounds like you know they, they mentioned that they're too high up. I think the three of them together got a little congested, and so maybe they're thinking, okay, we bring Stephanie down to the sideline. She's been there before, you know. She can still chime in like throughout the game. So you know, it could be a thing where you know, they're talking about a point and then Eric says, Stephanie, what do you think? And then they'll just jump to her and she'll just, you know, offer her analysis like she normally does. Three person, Um, the three person booth is really, really tough to navigate. And, and that's why you don't see them very often. And, and, you know, I think congested Nick was, was the perfect word for it Um, because it's just, it's tough to figure out, okay, uh, who's talking on this point? I mean, we you know we right. do this kind of casually, and and it can be tough to kind of navigate those waters. So I think you're dead on there, and I think we do have to see it in practice before we make too many judgments. But I with all the attention that they got last season for Stephanie Reddy being uh, one of the the uh, you know breaking barriers essentially as right. a as a female color analyst to then the next season if it does end up being like a sideline gig. Then I think they're they're going to face some criticism, and and I think it would be fair criticism. But again, we have yeah. to see. Uh, so we'll, we're going to talk. I want to talk deeper about this tomorrow, but we have run over our time. Uh, also, we just want to mention this real quick. Matt Carroll, former Bobcats uh, wing, who's been on the show, friend of the show, he's going to be added to pre and post game coverage as well. He currently serves as the color analyst for Hornets radio coverage. So Matt's a smart guy. That that's a good move. Uh, Matt knows basketball. He likes to talk about the the inside basketball. So we're all for adding more of that to an already smart. I, I think that the Hornets have one of the smartest basketball crews uh, in the NBA, and they talk about kind of the the inside guts. You know, Curry played, and Steph Reddy coached, and and has played. So you know, you you get all of that kind of inside basketball stuff that we love. Uh, Dwayne saying Stephanie was awesome as an analyst, and Dwayne, I think you're very very right, and I hope. I hope that they that Fox, you know, has her more involved than than a sideline reporter, Nick. Yeah, no, th- absolutely. Like she was, she was, she was great last year, and I just hope this is not what we're all fearing it might be, and that she actually still is providing, you know, the the in game analysis like she was last year, just from a different just from a different point of view. That's all I'm hoping this is this turns out to be. All right, we'll get Dave's point of view on this tomorrow, plus uh, some official some refereeing changes. We're going to go over those points of emphasis. They always always come out around this time of year. 
uh, some interesting things that the referees will be looking at, and, and they've already started looking at, and it's affected preseason games, including uh, all of these travel calls. So we'll, we'll take you through that tomorrow as well as a preview of Friday night's game against the Dallas Mavericks. We'll have all of that for you here on Locked On Hornets. This is the best coverage we've ever done. I mean, this game coverage is killer. So you want to subscribe to this podcast. You want to tell your friends that love the Hornets, that want to get smarter about the Hornets. They've got to join uh, Locked On Hornets, myself, Nick, Claire, David, uh, Steve Bob. If you want some 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 cool uh, gear on eBay, he's going to be back with that next week, hopefully. Uh, so thank you so much for listening and supporting us by listening, supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash LOH. Uh, get signed up there so you can get some free tickets to games this season and other giveaways. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com or you can uh, send them to Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We're back again tomorrow. For David and Nick, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17